Hi, Robin. It's Christy. Hi, Christy. How, how's it going? Good. Uh, okay, so, you know, I'm here right now, but for some reason it's not letting me go to my speaker option, which is something I wasn't expecting. Okay, well, that's fine. I guess I'll just uh, hold it up to my ear and use it that way. How are you doing today? <laughs> Good. I Yeah, I was already on speaker when I clicked the link, so... Oh, that's um, what I got to do next time. I got to yeah. start with speaker. It's a lot yep. easier that way. Okay, well, um, so remind me, um, have you done podcasts before? Is this your first podcast? I've done them before, but um, I don't really remember um, what we recorded them on, so... Okay, okay. Okay, cool. So, you know what? This This app is very highly rated. I think it should serve us well, and... Um, I hope there's no other technical difficulties I'm unaware of. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So, you know, just a brief ba- background. You are Christy Kurtwell. Um, I met you at the local LA RIA when they had their event here in Temple City, California. Um, some of the highlights that I remember about you is that you are a professional house flipper in Los Angeles, um, have experience with using ADUs, accessory dwelling units, to increase the cash flow and the value of the properties that, that you've been flipping. In some cases, you keep them. In some cases, uh, you sell them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, another key key point that I remember is that, you know, you primarily get all your lead generation um, coming from the, your referral network, which I thought was, you know, extremely impressive because I think for a lot of people, um, that's something that's really scary, and a lot of people don't, you know, they may they may agree that it's helpful, but not a lot of people actually stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, all, all that being said, why don't you tell us about your current focus in the real estate space and uh, what location uh, you typically operate in? Sure. Um, that that is a great summary, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to be on this call. And you know, if I can help out other investors, uh, I'm always happy to do that. So yeah, I've I started my business a little over ten years ago, uh, right after the crash of 2007 happened. So actually, the timing couldn't have been better. Um, and just started, to, I actually wholesaled a little bit in the beginning, but mostly I've just been flipping ever since then. And um, along the way, I've done some uh, additions and I'm doing more of that now that I'm comfortable doing it. And like you mentioned, also building these ADUs, which, you know, can either add some value and and some of them I'm, I'm even keeping because now essentially it's two houses on one lot where you can have two uh, rental incomes coming in from that property. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but I'm based in uh, mostly Los Angeles and Orange County, but I'll go as far out as Ventura County, San Bernardino, Riverside, and North San Diego counties as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So are you local to Los Angeles or did you come here at some point? Um, what is your, what's your background with Los Angeles? Oh, well, I was uh, born and raised in Canada. 
and I moved um, about 12 years ago. So, and just start by the time I got all the paperwork and all of that jazz, it was 2008 was when I really started to buy houses. So yeah, just a little over 10 years I've been living and running a business in, in LA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. Um, so how did you get started? What was the, what was the moment when you came to Los Angeles? Cause you're, did you have a background in, in real estate in any way or wh- how did you get into flipping? Well, I, I always, or wholesaling? yeah, I always had an interest in real estate and I obviously, as most people have read rich dad, poor dad many years ago. And, you know, just was blown away by the concepts in that book. They don't teach any of that stuff in the school system. Um, you know, it was like the the simplest stuff. And yet, how come I didn't know this? You know, an asset versus a liability and cash flow and all this. But what that book doesn't teach you is the how to. So I, mm-hmm. I went on a, a mission to figure out, well, how do I actually you know, make real estate a business and, and a successful and profitable one. So that's when I started getting into just some other books and have an interest in real estate. And I bought a couple rental properties in Canada, um, just, you know, on my job, I just had a regular job and realized I couldn't really get ahead enough just by that job. I was only making 32,000 a year, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, now if I don't make that on one flip, it's, it's a bad day, you know, <laughs> just, uh, yep, yep. It's just night and day. But anyway, I, I came down here, uh, with the intention to do something with real estate and, and I had an idea to flip houses and everybody's seen that TV show, you know, flip that house and yep. some version of it. And I realized, well, you know, if I can just actually do this and actually make the numbers make sense not like what they show you on the TV, then Mm -hmm. this could actually be a business. And so when I came here, I set out to find people that were actually doing it as a business. And, you know, you could look that up through, you know, title records, see who owned what, and you would see the same corporation names popping up. And, you know, I started going to real estate club meetings and yeah, people were actually doing this as a business. So I knew it could be done, and then it was just a matter of learning how to do it and starting to do it myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So l- let me ask you a follow-up question to that. So, you know, a lot of people, they I think house flipping sounds sexy. It's something they want to do. Obviously, the money that they see on TV is, you know, very attractive. Um, but when it comes down to you know, getting their feet wet and actually taking out that that big loan that has, you know, high interest rates and you're on a timeline now, um, you know, th- there's a lot of risk and a lot of people get scared about it. Was there, what do you think was it about you that you were able to just, you know, get past that? Um, really, it's the ability to to make decisions and make tough ones sometimes and to do it quickly. And mm-hmm. I think that's what helped help push me through because yes, believe me, there's been times I get myself into a bit of a mess or there's some construction thing that didn't go right or the project's taking longer or I 
didn't manage cash flow well enough and now I'm running out of money. And so there's so many things that can come up and you can't just stick your head in the sand and, and ignore it and think it's going to go away. You have to really manage your business like a business and not as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So that was just something I knew I had to, I had to hustle, you know, <laughs> I don't sleep yeah. in, yeah. I get up, you know, I, I, have to, you know, I don't always make the right decisions, but I make them, you know, to move forward. And it's, it's just that internal hustle you have to have to just keep things, to keep things moving. I guess mm-hmm. I would say with somebody new starting, you know, don't be afraid to use hard money. Hard money's great, actually, because it's another set of eyes on the property to analyze, is this a deal or not? You know, and just make sure you have budgeted in in the deal the cost for the money. You know, there's some projects right now where easily I'm writing a $5,500 check just to the private lender every month, you know, times however many projects I have on the go. So it, if you don't manage your cash flow, you can get in trouble pretty quick. And that's just money to the private lenders. I'm writing tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> every month to my contractors, <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's just managing that, kind of just having some common sense about, you know, keeping things moving forward and having the hustle to keep things moving forward. You know, I feel like we could do a, a whole nother episode just on this, <laughs> um, because I think this is such a huge hurdle for a lot of people, you know, who, like you said, you, you started with the job of 30000 dollars a year and now you're cutting checks for tens of thousands of, of dollars and and finishing projects in in months time so um you know that's definitely a, another topic for another day but uh, there's i think there's a lot of good information there yeah thank you um okay so would you like to talk about a recent deal if you can maybe walk us through something that you're working on now or something mm-hmm. you've recently completed sure um, well, I'll pick the most recent one because it's fresh on my mind. Um, <laughs> it is a, a condo. I close escrow on Monday, I believe, Monday or Tuesday. Um, and this, uh, I'll first start by telling you how I got it. And this should be no surprise. It came through a referral. <laughs> so sure. it was just, I, I have different networks of people I know. And honestly, this is not rocket science. There's business networking groups that you can join or you can join various, uh, you know, things related to your hobbies. It's just making sure that people know what it is you do. And that's how I get referrals. I just got a referral today from a guy I met four and a half years ago at some uh, finance class I took and he remembered I was in the the uh, house buying business and what my specialty was and he just sent me an email with a referral so it's just making sure people know what you do and so that's how I got this condo in Fullerton came through a, a referral and the the lady the owner is about 90 years old she is going into an assisted living home and she needs the money from the sale of the condo to pay for that assisted living. And so, and 
and I will mention it was completely hoarded. So if you've seen the TV show Hoarders, it it looks like one of one of those houses. I haven't, but it sounds scary enough where I can just imagine it, and that's that's enough to scare me. Yes, but yeah, and and so I, you know, I I really feel for these people because they just they've been living in a condition that they should not be living in, and uh, you know this is the reason she fell. She she just tr- you know tripped over something. So this is the best situation for her, really, because when she goes into uh, the senior home, she will, you know, have three meals a day. She'll be clean um, and and looked after. So back to the deal. Um, We'll we'll close on on Monday or Tuesday. And uh, the purchase price was two hundred and twenty five thousand. It's going to need about 55000 to fix it up and update it. And uh, I'll resell that uh, condo for about three fifty. So just mm. a really simple, nice, clean deal all the way around. Would you like me to talk about how I financed that? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, first, so... You know, a lot of great information there. You know, you talk about the referrals. Let, let, let me just ask you a question first. So when you meet somebody um, and you know you may not see them again for a long time and they are obviously a possible, you know, a possible source of a of a of a referral. Um, how do you make a lasting impression so that because I, I feel like when I meet people, if I just meet them, and I don't see them again for a while. They forget about me. I forget about them. You know, That's right. the chances, the chances of us remembering each other's name even is one in a million. So what, what is the secret you think it is that this person remembered you? Well, that's a great point, actually, because um, <clears throat> I think the key is to have a niche. <clears throat> and when you've got a niche in your business, then people will remember you for that. If people say, oh, they're an attorney. Well, are you really going to remember that if they say, you know, their attorney that specializes in, in some really unique thing that is going to stick with you. Those are the things I remember. So I try to think of that when I'm telling people what I do, you know, and, and well, with my hoarding home niche, um, you know, that's an easy one to sort of, you know, sure. have, have stick in people's minds. So, you know, I'll say, you know, do you know the TV show Hoarders? And most people have heard of it. I said, well, I buy houses that look and smell like that. Well, that gives people <laughs> a visual and and a sense of the other senses come to them about what yeah. they do. So that's that's the first step. And then the second step is how do you keep in contact with people? Well, sometimes they're just going to remember you because that's so unique. But I also have an email newsletter and I, especially with real estate agents, um, those are the people that I want to keep in touch with. And so I'll, you know, I don't send anything annoying, but I do personalize an email, not some standardized, you know, custom, you know, form email that everybody uses, but I actually do my own, my own email through like it's uh, done through MailChimp actually. So I'll put something interesting on there, you know, about my business or, you know, a picture of me or a picture of, you know, some of the houses I'm working on, something of interest so that people will open that newsletter and, and see my, 
my business every month. And that's a way that I keep in contact with a lot of people, agents, my referral sources, anybody I meet at a business networking thing. And I always ask them, you know, you know, I've got a, a newsletter I send out once a month. Would you like to receive it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, those, those are yeah. those are two great, great suggestions, great tools right there. Uh, thank you for sharing those. So um, you you found the deal. You it was a condo, which I'm surprised. I didn't know um, there were a lot of um, condo flippers out there. But I guess like anything else, you know, if, the, if it makes sense, um, why not? Yep. Um, how did you how do you um, knew, how did you know it was a good deal? This, this condo when you first found it, you, you saw the purchase price? Well, part of um, the assessment of if it's a good deal or not is knowing uh, what the seller needs. So, you know, it, it can be a great deal for me, but it, it has to be a win-win situation for the seller. And I knew that there was an urgency with her needing the cash from the sale of this property in order to pay for the assisted living that she was immediately going to. And so Mm -hmm. a traditional sale wouldn't have made any sense for her, you know, to clean it all up, spend the money, you know, fix things, put it on the market, get a buyer who needs to get a loan. Third days later, you know, they request all these repairs. That just wasn't something that even made sense for her to do. She needed something instantly. So when I saw that property, I knew right away, as long as I could make a solid offer to her, then she would probably accept that offer. So I just have a simple spreadsheet that I, I use and uh, it calculates and it's nothing fancy. It's just in Excel, uh, but it calculates all my costs for that property. So I knew what my rehab cost was going to be since I had already seen it. I, you know, I can estimate closing costs and then the sales costs on the back end to sell that property, um, escrow, title fees, transfer taxes, all that jazz. So I just run that through the worksheet and it spits out what to offer. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. trying to do, you know, 8 to 10% returns right now per deal for me. So that's, that's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to make. So I put in an offer that I think is going to be fair to the seller. And also I can make a, a small profit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I think you, it's a great thing to, to remind people that, you know, when, when flippers get a, a good price for a house or a condo, you know, somebody typically thinks, Oh, well that seller didn't know the value of the house or the or the condo but that's that's really not the case if anybody has ever sold a home before they they understand that it's a process it is a time-consuming costly process and most people who want to buy a home they want a home that is either in a turnkey or remodeled condition as mm-hmm. is you know 99 percent of the population are not looking to do you know, heavy repairs to a, to a house before they move in because they don't have time. They have a job or, or some other um, thing that's taking up their time. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and the truth is, is I tell them what the resale price is going to be. I mean, I might as well. They could look it up down the road anyway. It's not mm-hmm. like it's hard to find out what it could be down the road. You just go on Redfin or Zillow and it pops up with the list price. 
So I tell right, them, everybody's on Zillow now. Yeah, and, and I just tell them, look, if you want to spend, you know, all the money and the time to fix this up, this is what you'd have to do. You'd have to put in custom cabinets, you know, quartz or granite, new flooring, paint, get permits from the city, find a licensed contractor, somebody that you can hopefully trust that's not going to screw you. And then, and <laughs> yep. then list it, and then hope the market doesn't change in in terms of market adjustments, which we'll have one coming up here. And then hope you get a buyer that's not going to flake out or ask for too many repairs. And then hopefully close escrow. And if you want to do all that, you could you could get three fifty. So it's no shock to them. It I tell them all that right up front. Or mm-hmm. you can sell it to me today and have your money in seven days, and this is the price. So they, they right. weigh those options out, and generally it's cash now, if it makes sense. Sometimes they'll they'll actually, the odd time I've had them decide whether they want to just do it themselves, but generally they're not in a capacity to be able to do that. So... Right. So, yeah, um, please go ahead and tell us how did you finance this deal? Sure. So I usually get two loans per property. The first loan is with a hard money lender and they will loan up to 90 percent of the purchase price. And so obviously I have the balance of the purchase price and then the rehab costs to fund. So for that, I will get a second trust deed. And that's a, just a private lender. So somebody also who I've just met through networking who has, you know, the cash in a bank account or self-directed IRA or 401k funds they want to see a better return on. And so both of those lenders will just wire straight into escrow. And then we, we give them a lien position on the property. Uh, first trustee and the second trustee and title insurance and all that jazz. And generally, the second trust deed will make up the balance of the purchase price and the rehab money. Sometimes not all, all of it, but generally most of it. And then I, mm-hmm. I might have to just fund the, the balance of it. But that's mm-hmm. how I generally do pretty much every property I buy. That's how I structure it. Okay. So the you have a first and second lien that, that covers the entire cost of the project. Um, and their, their security is the property itself, which, which is a, typically you'd consider a very safe, um, you know, risk because you have it at a discount. And if something were to go wrong, they could always, uh, sell the property and at least get their original funding back. Is that, is that the concept? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So, um, you know, you're you're flipping right now. You're doing accessory dwelling units, and you know, there's there's so much that you know. I'm gonna ask you at some point to come back on, um, but what what is it that you think today you need the most to to you know be more successful to increase uh, your 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 business? Um, what is it that you're missing right now? Well, I can always use more deals. I I am in growth mode this year and um, uh, just always thinking about how to make systems better. Um, 
just to be more efficient and just have things running more smoothly. And that's just an ongoing process. It's, you know, it's not something you wake up and you have this perfect system because we all know in construction, there's no such thing, <laughs> but it's, it's just creating, you know, constantly creating, you know, sort of seeing better ways of doing things and um, better ways to organize your time. And so that's, that's always a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, deals are very hard to come by in this in this location. I mean, I know that everybody is looking for a deal now and Los Angeles is always a hot market. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what other or what advice do you have for others who might want to start doing what you do? I would say um definitely get education. And by that, you know, and I paid for some really expensive education in the beginning, but it doesn't have to be, I would say, just going to the different real estate networking clubs out there are, would be a great start and a great place to, to get initial education. And then, you know, focusing in on something that you feel that you are going to be good at doing. No, not everybody has the patience to run a 26 person construction crew. I mean, but I seem to, you know, be okay managing that. So know your, your, uh, your skills and know what investment strategy would best fit that, um, you know, short sales and dealing with emotional homeowners would not be something that I would be good at but I know some people who are extremely good at that because they're very patient and they can work people through the process. So, and then lastly, take action (laughs) because you can get all the education in the world. Right. And if you don't actually do anything with it, then what's the point? So Mm -hmm. those are my tips. Yeah. And for anybody who's listening, um, I have to say I've, I've reached out to Christy already for several questions and advice and, You've been right there every single time responding and very helpful with everything. So I, I certainly appreciate that. Um, so how do others reach you if they would like some advice? Well, Facebook is a good way. Um, I usually post some of my interesting uh, weekly endeavors on there. Um, but that would be a great way to see also some of my before and after pictures. I put those on my business um, page, which is Certwill Investments. Um, but you can find me on there personally and add me that way. And um, yeah, that's, that's probably the, the best bet. You can send me a message through Messenger. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And, and just to recap, you know, we've talked about uh, a little bit about your background in Los Angeles, um, you know, how you got started in real estate, uh, kind of the education that you went through and how you had to network your way to to learning and and doing hard money deals and and kind of a recent deal where you where you found um, a client a, a person through a referral who who your niche is actually um, hoarding you know people who may have a hoarding problem and need to get out of that problem and you offer a very quick and easy solution. Um, you know, you, you shared with us some of the challenges that you're doing right now, which is, you know, trying to find deals in a very hot market. Um, 
and then your your advice is very helpful as well you know anybody who else is trying to get out there and start their own business you know get out there and you gotta start going to the networking events learning as much as you can not everything has to be an expensive um process but that's an easy quick way to do it and there's lots of people like christy who who want to help you so so thank you so much and um we'll talk to you next time thanks robin for having me appreciate it talk to you soon thank okay Okay, bye. bye